What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Shriners Children's Open, and I could not be more stoked. This is it. The first leg of the Las Vegas swing this week and next week in Las Vegas, like 10 miles apart from one another. It is a beautiful sight to behold. I will be out there. Uh, your boy is media and credentialed this week. That's right. Let's go. So if you're going to be out at Shriners, if you're going to be out at the CJ Cup, I'll be out there. Come find me. I'll probably tweet about it. If you want to say what's up, happy to meet you. Let's chit chat. Um, follow me on Twitter at Rick Run Good. That's the plug there. Otherwise, this video will be going through all things DFS. I'm so stoked. I love this course. Let, let, let's go. A um, couple of housekeeping items here at the top, and I'll make this quick. There are only two live shows this week. Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time on uh, the Rick Rungood YouTube channel. That's your standard Shriners live chat. I will go out to the course on Tuesday. I'll, I'll walk around. I'll talk to the guys. I hope to have some good intel and some good insight for that live chat on Wednesday. I'm already very familiar with the course, but I want to see kind of how it's playing in the current moment, so I'll try to get that information to you on Wednesday during the live chat. And then on uh, Wednesday evening, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time, that is the Jock Market Power Hour. That is... Uh, all things stock market DFS. If you've not played jock market yet, you're crazy. We'll talk all about that. You can check it out real quick. I want to, I, I, I want to get to Shriners so quickly. Uh, but last week was awesome. Sam Burns gets it done. Uh, a, a community win. As you can imagine, the Slack channel, uh, lit up my inbox lit up. I just picked out a couple of people that I want to shout out. Cause I always think it's nice to do this. Uh, Dan single entried. The $33 contest on DraftKings turned it into 3K, won it, and won it in a landslide. 626 points, second place was 605. Lapped the field. Congratulations, Dan. And then I got an email from Brent, and Brent, uh, we correspond via email a, a, a little bit, and it's good to see him have what he called his best weekend ever, and he certainly did. $37 into 5045 on DraftKings. That was by my count. It was $3 entries, an $8 entry, single entry. I mean, it was very impressive, the lineup that he put in, and should be encouraging for you that are playing, for those of you that are playing some smaller stakes, you can go out and you can win these if you put together a really good lineup. And then to cap it all off, he shows me an outright ticket on Sam Burns worth $1,500. So congratulations to you, Brent. Congratulations to you, Dan. Congratulations to everybody because it was a big week for all of us. Let's do it again. Let's keep it rolling. Shriners, uh, let's go. Here it is, TPC Summerlin. I have played this uh, a couple of times in the last couple of months. Very familiar with the course, and it is uh, likely to be a birdie fest. The only thing that is a little bit different uh, that we might see this week. I'm going to keep an eye on the wind. If the wind kicks, that that could keep scoring in check. But remember last year, I can't remember if the cut line was 6-under or 7-under, but it was, I believe, the lowest cut in PGA Tour history. These guys are going to go out there and get it. It's a par 71. It's only 7,200 yards. It's pretty short by tour standards. There's not even a lot of trouble for guys like me out there. Okay, I can find the trouble, but for them... It's a lot of wedges into these greens, and the the greens themselves are just pure bent grass. They roll perfectly. Um, you're gonna have to make a lot of putts to win this thing. So here's here's the model for this week, and what you'll see is uh, driving accuracy, not all that important. Driving distance, historically, not all that important. The thing that has been most highly correlated uh, with success has been strokes gained putting. There are still 14 other courses in which strokes gained putting is more important, but here again. 
Wedge Fest, a little bit of a ball-striking thing. Whoever's going to get hot with the putter, they're going to win it. So historically, good putters have done well here. And if we take the last 50 rounds... For every single player in the field, we take their attributes. We run the model using the results of this regression up at the top, saying what's valuable, how valuable is it, all that good stuff. You're going to see that the absolute best course fit in this field belongs to Abraham Answer. Yeah, Abraham Answer, then Louis Oosthuizen. So think about that. It's kind of a, like when I think of this course, I think this is perfect for Abraham Answer. Be in the fairway. Don't hit it into the desert. Desert golf, right? Don't hit it into the desert. Uh, give yourself a bunch of 15-footers and see how many birdies you can make. That's that's Abe Answer. This course is not going to overpower him. He has two fourth-place finishes here. This makes sense. Louis Oosthuizen, same thing, makes sense. Paul Casey makes sense, but I'm a little bit worried about We can talk about that later. And then Victor Hovland and Mito Pereira round out the top five in terms of course fit. If you remove Mito because I only have 30 measured rounds on him, Webb Simpson would round out the top five. Those are guys we are going to talk about. Hovland and Simpson specifically love the way that they set up. If we go a little bit more recent, we call it the last 24 rounds, best fit, Harris English, Sam Burns, Abraham Answer still there, Mito Pereira still there, and then Ian Poulter, believe it or not, jumps into this. That's because obviously over the last, you know, those 20, the 26 rounds difference between 50 and 24 um, is a big difference, right? It's like half the number of rounds. So that's why you're seeing some of these names at the top here change. So you can mess around with this. You can sign up for rickrungood.com. You can see all of these tools and you can have yourself a blast. But for now, I'm going to take you over to the cheat sheet and we are going to go tier by tier. What's up, guys? Just wanted to pop in real quick and see if you're a member of rickrungood.com yet. If you have not been paying attention, there's been a lot of new data injected. There's been a lot of new tools. Things are constantly being updated. You're getting official PGA Tour strokes gain data round by round. There's a ton of Corn Ferry Tour information. There's a ton of Champions Tour information. The custom model has being is constantly being expanded so that you can choose any metrics that you want and create lineups that way it's constantly being updated and there are a few ways to join it's seven dollars a week it's twenty dollars a month it's a hundred for six months or 200 for the year which also gets you access into the slack channel where there is plenty of discussion questions answers all that good stuff going on all the time so don't wait any longer subscribe to rickrungood.com all right let's look at these guys at the top here uh, the 10K range and above. Brooks Kepka leads the way at 11,100. Sam Burns, 10.9. Hovland, 10.6. Answer, 10.4. Pretty expensive, but we'll talk about it. Webb Simpson at 10.2 and Will Zalatoris at 10.1. Obviously, there's a lot to like about the most expensive guys. That's kind of how this works. Brooks Kepka, 11,100. Um, missed the cut here two years ago. Finished runner-up in his trip before that, which was five years ago. It's always a little bit scary to kind of play Brooks uh, in kind of these smaller events, but... Hey, if you want to roll out Brooks, that's fine. I kind of am a little bit partial to some guys that are cheaper. Sam Burns is 10,900, and it's very easy to always just kind of fade the guy who won last week, but I have to point out a couple of things to you. Sam Burns won the Sanderson Farms, losing strokes putting. Last guy to do that, Justin Thomas, 2020 WGC FedEx St. Jude. The two strokes that he lost putting is the uh, second most by any winning player in the last... 11 years. Uh, Steven Bowditch lost like 2.5 strokes putting. Oh boy. 
I'm going to I'm going to quote this 2014 Valero, something like that. But that was the only other one. So what does that say? It says his ball striking, his tee to green play, absolutely phenomenal. The 14.8 strokes that he gained tee to green last week at the Sanderson Farms, it was six shots better than anybody else. It's absolutely dialed in. And if you think Sam Burns has an issue backing up a win, you're probably wrong. When he won last year, his next start, I believe, was Byron Nelson. It wasn't the next week. It was two weeks later. Finished second there. Nearly probably should have won that event as well. So I have no problem going back to Sam Burns. Now, if you want a little bit more value, I've already talked about Abraham Answer. I think he's going to be a great course fit. I think he's going to be, if you're playing in a one and done, probably one of the best one and done options. We have to talk about Hovland and we have to talk about Simpson because those guys, further price, are probably the most exciting to me. Here's Hovland at 10,600. How did he end his season? Well, finished fifth at the Tournament of Champions. Uh, excuse me, at the Tour Championship, finished 17th at the BMW Championship, played the Ryder Cup, and actually played much better than what his stats indicate, or what his record indicated. Remember, he played all five matches and got a half a point because he tied with Colin Morikawa on Sunday. That's terrible. However... If you look at the metrics, if you look at like birdies per hole, things like that, he gained a he he made about a birdie every four holes by himself, which is equivalent to what Sergio Garcia did. It's equivalent to what Scotty Scheffler did. But because of kind of the luck nature of your matchup and your playing partner and things like that, it's he doesn't have the record to show for it. I'm not letting his Ryder Cup performance really dictate anything because I think he actually played pretty well. He is now. 10 events in a row, gain strokes on approach. Uh, gain strokes T to green in 10 of his last 11 measured events. I mean, this is just going to be an opportunity for him to take as many birdie looks as he can and see if he can get one of those nuclear putters, which is something that he has done uh, a couple of times, right? That's how he kind of wins. When that putter gets hot, he wins golf tournaments. So Victor Hovland, very, very intriguing option. His bent grass numbers are better than his Bermuda numbers. Uh, they're better than his, his bent slash POA numbers. The only thing they're worse than are his uh, straight pure POA numbers, but uh, it's a positive surface for Victor Hovland. The other guy, Webb Simpson, this is interesting. I cannot wait to see what the ownership is on Webb Simpson because there are Webb Simpson has one of the most fascinating course histories here and we never talk about it. We talk about Patrick Cantlay at Shriners. We talk about Kevin Na at Shriners. We talk about Webb Simpson at Harbortown and Phoenix. We don't talk about him here. We should be. Let me show you this. I'm going to pull it up on the Holy Grail just so you can see every single little iota here. So we're going to go with TPC Summerlin. Uh, we're going to click on Webb's name. He's played 36 rounds. That's nine trips. Do you know how many times he has uh, lost strokes on approach? Never. You know how many times he's lost strokes tee to green? Never. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a fascinating record. Seven top 20 finishes in those nine starts, including a victory in 2013. If you start to think what courses are Abraham Answer going to play, or, or is Abraham Answer going to fit well? They're the very similar courses that Webb Simpson's going to play well, ones that are not going to overpower you, ones that are going to reward you from playing in the fairway, ones that everyone can reach the par fives, which they can. It, it's just, this is such a good spot for Webb. Very excited about those guys. So um, the, the, Top three for me there, in whatever order you want to put them in, it's some combination of Hovland, Webb Simpson, and Sam Burns that I believe I'm most... Six Actually, I, w I don't even know if I would include... You have to throw answer in there as well, which now I'm naming everybody. But okay, so now I have to rank them. I probably go, all things considered, including Price, Hovland one, Simpson two, answer three, Burns four. But I like them all, okay? 
deal with it. They're, they're $10,000. Take, take what you will from these guys. I do think that uh, Hovland might be a little bit more volatile uh, than maybe like an answer and a Simpson, just because of kind of the nature of, of how they play. But uh, really, really intriguing stuff here at the top. The 9K range is interesting. Uh, Louis Ustazen, who showed up on that model that says, hey, who's who should be one of the best course fits? Uh, Louis shows up because he, he puts the absolute lights out of it and he's never really going to get you in that much trouble off the tee. So that's kind of interesting. Let's talk about Kevin Na because he's $9,100. And when you start looking at like the outright market, Books don't know what to do. They listed 13 guys 25 to 1 or shorter this morning when when those odds came out. They don't know what to do. And Kevin Na always seems to get a boost for uh, for this event at the Shriners. He won it a couple of years ago, right? He won it in 2019. I have to admit, he hasn't really been all that good, right? It's it's. I should take that back. He has been good and bad, right? So he's got two wins and a runner-up. He's also missed the cut three times. He also has two finishes outside the top 40. If you go back even further than that, uh, which I think if we go to the results, this is the strokes gain tab. So um, it's only going to be the events that are that I have measured so far, which is about 11 years worth. But if we go back a little bit further, I think we can actually get more from Kevin Knott. Yeah, we got 14, 14 results on Kevin Knott. He has the two wins and the runner-up. That's obviously the good stuff. He has three missed cuts, a withdrawal, a DQ, Two other finishes outside the top 40. I, I think this is a great history, but it's a much more volatile history when you compare it to someone like Webb Simpson, who hasn't won as much, who hasn't had the high-end stuff as much, but has been much more consistent. So at least consider that when you are deciding between these golfers here in the 9K in the 9K range. Um, Harris English, I feel like his kryptonite has been TPC Summerlin. Let me just confirm this really quickly. So let's do Harris English who was on college game day, right? Um, doing picks at the University of Georgia this week. Let's see. Yeah, so so Harris English, he's played here seven times. He has a T4, that was in 16. Two other missed cuts, 36th, 16th, 40th, 60. It's not super inspiring, I got to be frank, um, but I, I just, I, my problem with these guys, and I've said this before, I can't remember who I've said this about, but I love Harris English so much, I feel like I don't need to force it here, right? This is a situation where I can say, you know what, Harris, this might not be a great spot for you, but there's so many spots that are good for you. Let's go get you at one of those. And if you play well this week, you play well this week, but otherwise I'm happy to just kind of catch you down the road. I'm not in love with this range, but I'm very interested to see what Scotty Scheffler ends up being. And we might not get these immediate results, but remember how... The President's Cup was kind of a coming out party for Abraham Answer. It was kind of a coming out party for Sung J.M., even Cameron Smith. Those guys played a lot better like the next six months after that. And I wonder if being a part of that winning Ryder Cup team, especially playing with Bryson in some big spots, what that does to Scotty Scheffler moving forward. Does it kind of put him in kind of a different mental space? We're going to find out. I'm excited to to see that. I would also be a little bit excited to go back to Sung J.M. A pretty disappointing T31 last week, especially after he got off to a hot start, but Ben Graz is still a positive putting surface for him. He lost 2.3 strokes on approach, which is generally out of character for him. I mean, to finish T31 and still... Or, and and lose, strokes, uh, lose two strokes on approach and still finish T31 is kind of impressive. He did a lot of around the green magic, but I just think that there is more juice to squeeze out of Sung JM at the moment. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. We'll see. Maybe I can get eyes on him uh, on Tuesday and report back on Wednesday, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm just ready to give him one more chance. 
the $8,000 range. And I, I have to admit, I, I screwed this up earlier. Uh, there is a third live show this week. It's the Cut Sweat Show. It's going to be, oh boy, let me translate this to Eastern time. 6 p.m. Eastern on Friday. That's my bad. I was already thinking about the CJ Cup being a no-cut event. There is a cut this week. There is a Cut Sweat Show, 3 p.m., excuse me, 6 p.m. Eastern uh, on Friday. That's a data-driven Cut Sweat Show. See how many of your lineups are 5 of 6, 6 of 6, all that good stuff. It's a lot of fun. Um, and I'll probably be coming back from the course for that. So that's, that's what time we are going to go, 6 p.m. Eastern on Friday. Let's jump back over to the 8Ks here. So it starts with Paul Casey. And I got to tell you, I'm, I'm kind of worried about Paul Casey. You know, he didn't have the best finish at the BMW Championship and the, and the, the Northern Trust, 38th and 64th, respectively. But I'll tell you what, I, I hate to say this. I love the guy. I thought he was like the worst player at the, at the Ryder Cup. He played four matches, didn't earn a single point, which we know can be a little bit wonky, especially in a historic victory for the United States. Didn't pass the eye test. Every time I saw him, he was playing horribly. Um, I'm kind of worried about this. I think he's only played, or I don't have, I don't think he's played this event once. He missed the cut last year. I will take a kind of more wait and see approach on Paul Casey and kind of figure it out from there. But that that worries me. I'd much rather go with Corey Connors. I'd much rather even go to, to Jason Kokrak. You know, Jason Kokrak is 8,700. The last time we saw him, he was finishing 11th at the Tour Championship, 15th at the BMW Championship. He doesn't have a ton of great results around TPC Summerlin as of late, but he plays every single year. So you would think that at some point, maybe that starts to kick in. And then we're going to get a Patrick Reed sighting. So here, here's what I'll say about Patrick Reed. And I want to pull up his, his golfer profile so we can really see what is, what is going on with Patrick Reed. Because we have not seen him... We haven't seen him for a while. We haven't seen him since the Tour Championship. And at the end of last season, he had been losing strokes uh, consistently off the tee. He had been losing strokes consistently on approach. For a golfer as uh, well-defined and with the pedigree of Patrick Reed, I imagine that a month off allows him to kind of get back to basics and figure this stuff out. It's a really good spot for him to come back. It's not a course that you need a bunch of distance to overpower. It's a course that you can putt your way to victory. Uh, Patrick Reed, excellent putter in general. His second best surface is Bentgrass. Also, there are a lot of kind of like FU vibes from that you think Patrick Reed is going to put out this week, right? It's been, uh, this is the first time we're seeing him since the the snub at the Ryder cup, right? Like what's he, what's he going to come out and do just scorched earth this thing. The other thing I will note is of these golfers, uh, in the $8,000 range, there is no one, no one with the winning upside of Patrick Reed. So I'm, I'm just very interested to see what the rest of the industry is going to do. What his ownership is, is going to be, um, and, and we can kind of go accordingly. But I'll tell you what, betting Patrick Reed this week, that's probably something that will happen for me. Uh, we'll talk about that on the Tuesday, you know, bets in one and done and matchup show. But but my goodness, that to me seems like it's going to happen. The rest of this 8K range. Uh, I continue to worry about Matthew Wolf. Played well for two rounds last week. I think played poorly for two rounds last week, right? He was in contention here last year. Finished runner-up. That might have been in a playoff. I believe it was in a playoff. Uh, $8,200. I'm going to continue to tread lightly. I'm going to continue to tread lightly on Charlie Hoffman this week. Charlie Hoffman, uh, not great history around TPC Summerlin. Let me tell you, let's pull up the Hoff here. Here we go. He's playing a lot. 15 trips. He has a fourth in 2013, 
a sixth in 2019, 12 years ago, and a fifth in 2006. Okay, he's been around for a while. He's played this event a lot. He has missed the cut one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of those 15 times. Uh, A lot of other kind of just, you know, a 74th, a 40th. It's his, here's his last six. Cut, 74th, 18th, cut, cut, cut. That's that's not great. So I'm just going to pass on Charlie Hoffman. And again, along with Harris English, one of those situations where I'll just catch you down the road. Fascinating stuff coming out of the 7K range here. Uh, you have Mito Pereira, who, in terms of DraftKings points gained, is one of the best players in the field, right? I mean, it's a smaller sample size than just about everybody, but he is, on average, gaining 20 DraftKings points to the field per start. Even his 31st at the Sanderson last week felt... Felt disappointing. That's kind of where we're at with this guy right now, isn't it? So interested to see what the industry is going to do with now a much cheaper Mito Pereira and interested to see what they're going to do with Danny Willett. Danny Willett goes out and wins the Alfred Dunhill last week. Now he's 7,700. has got to make the trip over uh, from Europe, but you know, we'll see these guys, you know, they don't, they don't fly coach. They don't fly, uh, you know, middle seat on, on spirit or anything like that. So I'd be interested to see if Danny Willett can continue um, continue his performance this week. But the guy that I'm maybe most interested in, in the 7K range, and, and again, um, you might want to record this. Actually, I guess technically I'm already recording this because I don't say this often. What about Ricky Fowler? Yeah, let's, let's talk about Ricky. So here's a situation that we have going on. It's been two months since we have seen Ricky Fowler. Two months. We were seeing at least small glimpses at the end of last season. You know, T8 at the PGA Championship, T11 at the Memorial. Gained strokes on approach in three of his last six measured starts. Started to maybe at times figure out the driver. Um, The short game had always been there. Putter coming back a little bit. You would think Ricky Fowler, with two months off, has been working hard on his game. This is There are opportunities where you want to be late and there are opportunities you want to be early. This is the one chance to try to be early on Ricky. If we see him go out and whiff and not play well, okay, we learned. We'll be late on him. But this is the one chance to be early on him. Um, bent grass, by far his best putting surface. Not only bent grass. Let's go back to the Holy Grail. Let's go to course TPC Summerlin. Let's just say not even people in this field, everybody on tour, Sort by strokes gain putting. When you start to get to any significant sample size, anyone with five or more rounds at TPC Summerlin, whether they are in the field this week or not, the best putter, one Ricky Fowler. That's right. 1.68 strokes gained per round in 14 rounds putting at TPC Summerlin. When you go back to a place where you've rolled in a lot of putts um, and you're looking for confidence, this might be a really good spot for Ricky. Very cheap this week, only 7300 bucks. Both Luke List and Pat Perez have kind of low-key been pretty good here. Luke List, uh, three, in his le- three of his last four trips have been top 20s. Uh, Pat Perez, third in 2020, seventh in 2017. Did miss the cut here last year, as did Luke List. So a couple of guys kind of cheaper that might be interesting with some good course history. The other guy in the 7K range that can also boast that is uh, Lucas Glover, ninth, seventh, and third in his last three trips. They're, it hasn't been every year, but that's been the three of the last five years. Um Henrik Norlander. I was dying to see what price Henrik Norlander was going to be this week because let me pull this up for you. This is the live leaderboard on rickrungood.com. Uh, this runs during the event. You can you can see it's still loaded from last week. Strokes gained approach last week. Who led the field? Not Sam Burns. No, no, no. Henrik Norlander gained 8.3 strokes on approach. 
He gained 8.7 from T to green. 8.3 coming on approach. Impressive stuff. Him and Sam Burns were light years ahead of the rest of the field. Did he drive it well? No. Did he putt it well? Yes. But when you look at, let's pull up his uh, profile here. And you'll see he's not the worst driver ever, right? He generally gains. So if we can get a zero driving week and one of these hot approach weeks, which is not all that uncommon, you know, 8.3 at the Sanderson, just a couple of starts before that, he gained 7.6 at the Barbasol. So he can get lightning hot with his irons. I, I like that. Um, the two weeks that he gained, seven and seven and eight on approach, he also gained with the putter. That is high ceiling variance. That's the variance you want to embrace. Some of these guys don't even have this upside, right? Some of these guys have to putt their way to a T4. This is this is a very good composite of a type of player that you want to see. Do I have concerns? Yes. Uh, Bentgrass, by far his worst putting surface, by far. Um, so we will see. But I, if you hit your irons and gain eight strokes over the course of the week, you might as well let me putt, and you're going to be just fine. The $6,000 range, let me tell you, I am not excited. Uh, I guess you could argue Denny McCarthy coming off a pretty good week. Disappointing, I think it was Sunday last week in uh, Jackson, but has a couple of top 15s in his last three years here. And if you need to be able to putt, Denny McCarthy is that guy. I'm just going to try to rely on the tools here a little bit. So let's do uh, let's do something a little bit freaky. Let's go to, there's a lot of different ways that we could do this. Uh, let's go to the Holy Grail. Let's go with just players in this field. Let's go with strokes gain total since, um, let's call it, 8-1. That'll give us maybe a little bit of last season and maybe a little bit of this season. And I'm just going to sort by strokes gain total and start finding the guys in the 6K range that pop up. Very small sample size. Trey Mullinex finished fourth at the Sanderson Farms last week um, and did it in actually a pretty good fa- a pretty good way. Off the tee, he was awesome. Approach, he was pretty good. He putted the lights out, but if you just gave me eight strokes on the positive side, ball striking for Trey Mullinex at this price, I'd be pretty thrilled. Uh, next guy, Roy Sabatini, 6500 bucks. Missed the cut at the Sanderson Farms, but we know he played well at the Olympics, and I have his strokes gain metrics in there as well. And he played well at the Wyndham Championship. Again, only a small sample size. Hayden Buckley is next, 6600 Another T4 guy at Sanderson last week. He gained across the board. Not as good in the ball striking categories and much more reliant on the putter than someone like uh, Trey Mullinex. So... Uh, Oh boy, it's ugly. What about Seth Reeves? Let's see what he did. Yeah, okay, this is pretty good. You know, gain five ball striking, gain four and a half with the putter. Is he going to gain four and a half putting every single week? Probably not, but this at least gives you a couple of options. The other way I can do this is uh, we can go to the stats page here and we can just do last, let's just do like last 24 rounds. Uh, Instead of putting a time frame on it, we'll just do strokes gain total and we'll look at, we'll probably get some of the same guys. Oh, okay. Hank Lebiota is here. What are we doing with him? What what's the deal? What's the deal with Hank? Le- yeah, that what's the deal? Okay, so he's 6300. Let's look him up. This is dirt cheap. Dirt cheap. Bent's a decent surface for him. 3 cuts in a row that he's missed, but at the Fortnite he missed the cut and gained nearly 4 strokes on approach in 2 rounds. Was bad with the driver, but he's never really great with the driver. Was bad around the greens. That's not normal. Hasn't been that good with the putter over his last four starts, but he was unbelievable before that. What version are we getting? 
is this worth a flyer? Has he played Shriners before? These are questions I'm asking, but I can answer them. Um, no, he hasn't played Shriners before. 6,300. What are his peers down here? Here he is. Jimmy Walker? Davis, Riley, Brian Stewart? Are, do we have to give Lebiota one more crack here? I don't know. I'll let you decide. Let me know in the, in the comments. Maybe that's how you'll decide. Oh, by the way, I was so excited to get into this. I, I, I whiffed on the cut, the cut sweat show. Uh, I whiffed on telling you that you can win a subscription to rickrungood.com. If you want access to all these great tools, there's, there's two ways to get access to them. Well, three ways. One, you could just go buy a subscription, which I recommend. Uh, way two is to like this video on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed to the Rick Run Good YouTube channel and comment below with the one golfer that I should follow around this week. Who do you want to see in person? Who should I follow around this week? Comment with that below. That's one way. The other way, leave a five-star rating and review on the iTunes version of this show. It's called 300 Yards to Unknown. It's linked in the, in the description. Say something nice. Leave me your Twitter handle and that will get you another entry into a running to win a subscription to rickrungood.com. Additionally, let me run a custom model. Haven't done that. I'm, I'm completely out of whack. I'm so excited the tour's here. I'm completely out of whack. Let's run a model. This is the custom model on rickrungood.com. Let's do last, what do we want to do? Last 24 rounds. Um, I'm not going to put a huge emphasis on the driver just because, uh, well, you know what? Here's what I'll do. I, I'll, I'll put a little bit of an emphasis on it, but I'm going to do it like a hybrid style. I'm going to do 15 on accuracy Five on distance. Obviously, distance is always good, but it's not a prerequisite this week. And I think playing out of the not desert, let me tell you from experience, this is actually the course. Fun story. I played here in uh, May or June. And if you guys know, I use those, I use vice golf balls and I put all types of crazy whatever I want them. Sometimes I put memes on them. Sometimes I put photos of my dog. Sometimes I put Sung Im's picture on them. And I lost, uh, well, at least one or two or more of those at TPC Summerlin. And the very next day, there was a tweet from Sung Yul No, who plays out of Summerlin, uh, with a photo of a, a ball of mine that he found and tweeted it at Sung And Sung replied, and it was very, very fun. So I can tell you, it is uh, much better to play out of the fairway and you don't lose your Sung Jae in balls than to play out of the desert or the rocks. So I'm going to put 15 on accuracy and five on driving distance. Then I do want to promote approach play. Listen, I know you have to putt well, but the only way to make the way to make birdies is give yourself enough opportunity. So we're going to put 20 on approach. We're going to put um, 20 on putting. Again, this is a rare, it's kind of one of these rare weeks. And I'm going to put 20 on birdie or better. What does that leave me with? Leaves me with 20. Okay. So I will also do, hmm, par 71. I could do par four scoring. I could do kind of a hybrid of, I kind of want to do these ranges here. So what I'll do is I want to do like one, 20, 100 to 125, 125 to 150, and 150 to 1. Now, nah, let's just do those two. Here's what I'll do. I'll put 10 on 100 to 125 and 10 on 125 to 150. And we'll run that. That'll be our model. Our number one player is, oh boy. Oh God. Eric Van Royen. I did not see that coming. I did not see that coming. Eric Van Royen. I didn't see it. He's number one for me. That is scary. Sam Burns, number two. Abraham Answer, number three. That makes complete sense. Hank Lebiota, number four. Oh, my God. I'm going to play this guy. 
Brian Stewart, number five. Henrik Norlander, seven. Wow, he's been very, very good. Hubbard. Oh, I forgot about Hubbard. I like Hubbard. Yeah, let me show you Hubbard real quick. Um, I was waiting for the salaries to come out, and I was doing, I was doing the little bit of the of the research, and I was trying to find some guys. Hubbard looks pretty good to me. Bentgrass, one of his better putting surfaces. He's a great putter. We haven't seen him since the Fortinet. Finished sixteenth. Yes, very reliant on the putter, but it's not super crazy. He's a good putter. Gained two strokes on approach. He's now made in PGA Tour events six consecutive cuts. He's like darn near the min price. So I'm glad he popped up there. I'm, I'm so my the model's smarter than I am. Um, sixty one hundred. Roger Sloan is eight. Seamus Power is nine. Cameron Tringale is ten. That's my custom model. This will probably change over the course of the week. So maybe we'll check back in on it on the Wednesday live chat. So just to recap, three live chats this week. Wednesday live chat three p.m. Eastern time. Wednesday eight fifteen p.m. Eastern time. Jock Market Power Hour. Friday six p.m. Eastern time. Cut Sweat Show. I'll be out there. Come say hi. Cannot wait. Cannot wait to get out there. Tweet me. Let me know what you think. At Rick Run Good. Leave a comment below. Best of luck, and I'll talk to you guys soon.